0: Are you blind? Maybe we've said that or thought that at least when someone's coming down the road and, and swerves and cuts us off, implying that, that the person wasn't really watching. Maybe they didn't even try to look to see if they were going to get in your way. Or maybe we've said that or thought that as we've been walking down a crowded sidewalk and, and somebody runs into us. We'd probably feel a little sheepish, though, if we turned around and saw that the person had a white cane with a red tip on it, and we were the ones who were watching our phone. It's estimated that about a half a percent of the world's population is blind. Now, with all of the advances in technology over the years, blindness is something that people can live with and not just survive, but, but actually thrive, People can, can read books. people can make a living. People are normal if they're blind. It wasn't the case so much in Jesus' day. Blind, blindness was a disability that severely affected your life. If you were blind, it was quite a problem for you. This man in this text that we have before us from John chapter nine. He was reduced to begging just to get by. But Jesus healed him. And do you realize that Jesus actually healed this man twice? Yes, he gave him his eyesight that he had never had because he was born blind. Just a real quick thought. Can you imagine someone who has never seen anything and all of a sudden he can see everything? That had to have been quite a bit of sensory overload. But Jesus healed this man also of his spiritual blindness. And that's the part we're going to be looking at today in particular, the ending part of this chapter of of John's Gospel. So we'll look at specifically verses 35 to 41, and I'll read again verses 35 to 38. Please rise as we hear these words. Jesus heard that they had thrown the man out and he found him and he asked, Do you believe in the Son of God? Who is he, sir? The man replied, that I may believe in him. Jesus answered, You have seen him and he is the very one who is speaking with you. Then he said, Lord, I believe and knelt down and worshipped him. Thus far the text. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, these are your words. Make us holy through the truth. Your word is truth. Amen. You may be seated. Now, we may think that if we ever lost our physical eyesight, that we would be lost completely. Think of how much we take in via that that sense, via our, our eyes. Being able to look at the people that we know and love, being able to to look into the eyes of a little baby, being able to just get around, maneuver around our house without worrying about whether or not somebody had accidentally moved a piece of furniture. But the way that we are born, we are blind when it comes to our spiritual sight, that is. And because we're blind, we are lost. So, we're not looking again at the, the entire chapter of John, but we do have to think about the context here of this man who, who had his eyesight restored by Jesus. Note what happens in the first part of this, this chapter. Jesus heals this man who is born blind, but apparently he doesn't have any interaction with him until the very end of the chapter. Somewhere in between Jesus putting mud on his eyes and then telling him to go wash and the man going and washing his eyes and then coming back seeing, Jesus and his disciples had moved on. And then John records various interactions that this man had with with different groups of people. First, his neighbors who are trying to figure out, is this the same guy? And then the Pharisees, who get into this conversation with him about what happened to him. And then his parents get called in and then the Pharisees are talking more with him and they end up getting upset with him because they think he's being disrespectful toward them and they throw him out. And then Jesus tracks this man down and has one more thing for him to consider. One more important thing that Jesus needed to do for this man. And yes, Jesus had given this man his physical sight. That was quite the miracle. But Jesus knew that this man needed more. He needed much more. Do you believe in the Son of God? Jesus asked the man. Now we look at that question and we think, well, that's a pretty easy question. But for this man... Now, granted, he had just had a miracle performed on him, a miracle that he himself said had come from God. And as a Jew, he would have known that the promised Savior was one who was supposed to come and do miracles such as restoring sight to the blind. But he hadn't really put all of pieces together yet. And so Jesus helps him out. Jesus just flat out tells him who he is. And the man believes. And he worships. He kneels down and worships Jesus. His spiritual blindness has been healed. And he sees Jesus for who he is. That he is the Savior. His Savior. Do you believe in the Son of God? Now again, that question is, Pretty much a no-brainer for us. Many of us have believed in Jesus since the time that we were baptized as babies. We can't think of a time when we haven't believed in Jesus. But what if you had not been brought to Jesus, brought to believe in Him as a little child? How would you know anything about Jesus, about the Son of God? On our own, we are spiritually blind. Now, we may not think we are because we've got all kinds of good ideas about how we're supposed to live our lives, maybe even how to live so as to make God happy with us. If you, if you knew that there was a God whose demands are pretty hard to meet, who, who says, you must obey me, you must obey all my commands, or you are going to spend eternity in hell, well, what would you come up with? to try to escape that fate. What could you see yourself doing? Well, maybe you would figure that you could do some things, but as long as you didn't really do any bad things, really bad things, like murdering someone or sleeping with someone who's not your spouse or embezzling millions of dollars from your employer, you'd figure that that maybe the God who is looking down on you would have a little bit of wiggle room and wouldn't really condemn you. Or maybe you figure that as long as you make up for all of the bad things that you do, that, that you can kind of tip the scales in your favor. You know, you, you yell at your child, but then you, you buy them a, a present or a treat and, and everything's good. You gossip about your, your friend, but then you say more good things about them to make up for it. The God who looks down on you, he's fair, right? But these creative ways of, of thinking about some so-called God only show how lost and blind we really are. We think that we see God with twenty-twenty vision, but we don't realize that we cannot see him on our own. Jesus said, for judgment I came into this world in order that those who do not see will see, and those who do see will become blind. Now it's that last part that especially applies to us in our natural state. We think that we see, but we are blind. Our ways of making God happy don't work because we have no natural ability to see the one true God and what it is. He requires of us as jesus says in verse 41 but now that you say we see your sin remains we who on our own think that we can see we need someone to heal us of our spiritual blindness we don't want to be left in our sin because the end for that is only eternal punishment but Jesus gives sight to the blind. Let's think again about this man in the text who was healed. What was the most important thing that happened to this man? Was it the fact that, that he, his sight was given to him? That was quite the miracle. That was quite the blessing from God. But which healing was more important for them. Which healing was going to make the biggest difference in this man's life? Think of what a life-changing experience he'd already had. No more sitting and begging just to to get by and being known as that blind beggar. No more wondering what what family and friends looked like. No more wondering if, if you had brought your former blindness on yourself. Remember what the disciples had asked at the very beginning of the chapter. Who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? No more feeling hopeless and and dependent on everyone else just to get by. So the man got his physical sight. Again, it's a wonderful blessing. But what if Jesus had not tracked him down so that he would let him know who it was that had healed him in the first place. Well, then, this man would have been still spiritually blind. But Jesus told him who he truly was. That he was not just a prophet, but that he was the prophet. The prophet that was promised by God to come and save his people. The one that brings sight to To the physically blind, yes, but to the spiritually blind also. And so this man, because he believed, he had life. He had true life, eternal life. That's why the man knelt down and worshipped Jesus. Jesus told this man who he was. And do you realize that Jesus says the same thing to us? Who he truly is, that is. Now, granted, I don't think that you've ever had a face-to-face conversation with Jesus. And if you tell me you have, well, I might question that. But Jesus does speak to you and he has spoken to you in your baptism. Jesus spoke to you because it's his word that is connected with the water in the baptism that gives you life. It's his word in which he tells you your sins are are forgiven you are my child you have eternal life because of everything that i have done for you because i lived and died and rose for you you have life you are mine again the power in those words the power in in baptism comes from jesus word luther says that in the small catechism about how baptism can work so powerfully It is certainly not the water that does such things, but God's word which is in and with the water and faith which trusts God's word in the water. Jesus speaks to you. He speaks to us also in the supper that he gave us. Think about who it is who is present there. Jesus' very body and blood is present in, with, and under the bread and the wine. And in that supper he says to you, your sins are are forgiven you are mine you have eternal life because of everything i did for you because i went to the cross and shed my blood for you you have life when i said it is finished from the cross i meant that everything necessary to give you your sight your spiritual sight had been done and jesus definitely speaks to us in His Word, in the Bible. Maybe that's a little easier for us to, to see because we have actual words that we can read and, and hear. And yes, He has to tell us in His Word that we are spiritually blind. That's the part that maybe we don't like to hear. That's His law. But we also heard earlier how we think about God according to our our natural sight, which is spiritual blindness, and how wrong those ideas about God are. So we know that when Jesus says you are blind spiritually, that he's telling us the truth. But in his word, when Jesus speaks to us, he actually heals us. Paul said in the first chapter of Romans that the gospel is the power of God for salvation. So it's not just hearing about Jesus in his word. But it's Jesus speaking to us in his word and healing us of our blindness. It's just as powerful when Jesus speaks to us, it's just as powerful as when he spoke to the blind man. You have seen him, the son of God, and he is the very one who is speaking with you. And our reaction, well, Jesus has healed us. And so we worship him. Also, we give him thanks for working that faith, working trust in Jesus as our Savior in us. And we truly see Jesus as the one who forgives us our sins, who heals us and gives us spiritual sight. Now, as I look out over our group gathered today, I can see there are a number of us who don't see as well as we might want to. There are probably even more that I can't tell because you're wearing contacts. And isn't it wonderful, a blessing a, a blessing from God that he's given us the technology to be able to improve our vision so that we can see better. But as bad as bad eyesight is and, and blindness even worse, not seeing spiritually has far more consequences, eternal consequences. Praise be to the Son of God, our Savior, for healing us of our spiritual blindness so that we can see Him and worship Him and look forward to seeing Him face to face when we get to go to heaven. Amen. Please rise. The peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, guard and keep your hearts through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.